Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside my man Steve Driver. How are you this morning, Steve? Awesome as always, man. That's the spirit. That's what I like to hear. Appreciate you joining me this morning. We have an action-packed show this morning, despite the fact it is what would be considered a dead period here locally for University of Kentucky, Louisville, um, even Indiana sports. Steve's in the other room, and he's so bored that it's a dead period. It looks like he's just playing with his fidget spinner. Yeah, I'm, I'll be 31 in two weeks. Am I too old to have this? No, no that's okay. I mean, you're obviously... Would you walk around in public spinning one of these? No, I would not. No. I hate to get things started off this way, but you baited me. Because you're, di- not, you're not confident in yourself? Or you no, that's because stupid? I focus on reality. I'm, I'm interested in other things. You, for example, we established last week, you like... Star Wars, uh, superheroes, super superheroes, comics, things like that. Me, I, I yeah. tend toward reality. You probably read a lot of fiction books. I do. Yes, you read fiction. I'm not so much into fiction. That's okay. We're different. But I'm people. also into you know science and history as well. So okay. I'll read some nonfiction in there. You also uh, have been known to bite on how do I say this? The occasional conspiracy theory. Me, on the other hand, not so big on that. Okay. That's okay. I think you may just see it as a waste of, t- of time, right? All, everything we just listed that you're into, yes. Huge waste of time. I encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram that, buzz that's, line. That's hard to hear, man. 502-384-1450. Talking all things in the world of sports, as we do each and every Sunday from 9 to 11. Do you go to church, Kelly? I do on occasion. Oh, okay. What? I was just wondering. I was hoping you'd say no so I can try to prove you think that's a waste of time. But. <laughs> no, I'm not going to take... No. Sunday morning, Steve, you're not going to get me on that. I'm okay. not going to take a stand right. against organized religion, okay? Okay, we're here to talk about sports. Plenty to talk about, as I said in the intro, despite the fact it is a dead period. We had a couple... Uh, a few significant combat sports events last night. Hard Rock MMA 91 at the Northern... Kentucky Convention Center. It was a pleasure uh, to do the commentary for. It was a three-man booth. Scott Wegman, David McKinney, and myself. Uh, great action. If you have not been to a local MMA event, I recommend you checking out a hard rock show uh, in the state of Kentucky. They travel all across the state. They've made it through 91 events thus far, and there was absolutely great action up there in the northern Kentucky area. So a lot of the fighters from Cincinnati uh, and the, they have a bunch of gyms up there, just like Louisville does. And they, they come right across the river, and everybody likes the commission here in the state of Kentucky uh, because of the way they do things. It's a very um, efficient system they have. Our man Todd Neal and the people from the, the state do a good job of putting on good fights, obviously, alongside you know guys like Gary Thomas, uh, Brandon Hardrock Higdon. But there were some great fights last night. I was so fortunate you were announcing. To, yeah, I was, and I was sitting cage side. It was awesome. How many fights are we talking? There was, uh, there ended up being fourteen fights. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, that's the thing about hard rock. So how long? How long? Three hours? Four hours? I left there at eleven o'clock. The fight started at seven thirty. Okay. It, it it's great, man. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not getting paid from them. I mean, I did a little bit for the commentary, but yeah. it's not like I'm a, a I'm paid sure advertiser. Cool, sitting a foot from the. It is cool as hell. If you have not been to a local MMA event, now there's a certain portion of our listenership 
who will say, no, thanks. You know, that's well, not for yeah, me. that's a given. Cage fighting, you know? boxing, I don't like watching people hurt each other. And that's okay. I've met many members of my family who, who feel that way. That's fine. In my opinion, there's nothing cooler to sit in cage side. I mean, these are very, it's not just guys getting in there like, you, you versus yeah, me, yeah. and let's just attack each other. These guys are trying to make it on the Yeah, these, these are legitimate fighters. I mean, Jeremy Pender, Charlie Stanford, I mean, is an example of the fight of the night last night. Two guys uh, just going at it. Very experienced professional fighters. Um, and just a great fight. Great jujitsu, great boxing, great wrestling. Um, anything you can imagine. There's elements of, of any martial art. Um, through the night, you took taekwondo when you were younger. Jamal Muhammad had a great showing last night, ended up winning with a, a spectacular spinning back fist uh, that ended in, um, and what I mean is he was using some Taekwondo, he's a, a very advanced black belt in Taekwondo, yeah. but other martial arts too, he's also a really good wrestler, he was an all-state wrestler in the state of Kentucky, so I mean, very impressive showing, I was very honored to sit cage side and to cover Hard Rock MMA 91, I look forward to the next event, which is Saturday, September 16th at the Paraquay Convention Center in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. So another big cool. event. If you want to come to an event, check it out sat- Saturday, September 16th in Shepherdsville. Um, I promise. I mean, I may be wrong. Maybe you'll come and say, wow, that was, it's not for me. My gut says that at your core, especially if you're a man, that some primal level you will connect with it, and it's absolutely amazing. And then you went home and you watched UFC 214. I did, I did. I, I caught the. That's um, a pretty. That's a action-packed night, man. Yep, and I caught some highlights of Adrian Bronner versus Mikey Garcia See, on Showtime. That's two um, mixed martial martial arts events compared to you not watching uh, boxing. Is there something going on here? Are you making the shift altogether? Because you're not. No, in, I'm not. You're not in the May- McGregor, McGregor Mayweather either. No, I'm not into it. But the more I think about Mayweather versus McGregor, I am getting more and more into it because I think May- Mayweather's truly going to kick his ass under these Is it rules. Because you saw like, and I'm a boxing Rogan fan. last night talking about the fight. Did that get you excited? No, I missed that. Okay. I actually no, I did see a little bit of that. But no, that's that. And you're right. I did hear him saying how excited he was. He's a promoter. Rogan, <laughs> Rogan has said some things over the years. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to get paid a lot to promote this fight. Though. He's getting some money from he, the he Rogan. He was supposed to be involved with it, but he already has a tour set up, so he's not involved okay, with it. Okay, regardless, it's the brand that he is employed by through the UFC. Dana White, do you think Dana White's making money from Listen, it? He only does like one, like a couple pay-per-views a year now, right? No, he does more than that, okay. but he doesn't do near as much as what he used to. But... I think Mayweather is going to kick Conor McGregor's ass come August 26th, and that will silence many of the people. So I'm a boxing fan, maybe even first and foremost. But what I will admit is if it were in a Mayweather versus McGregor in MMA rules, yes, McGregor would destroy him. I mean, this it's, yeah, that's ins- without, I mean, that's it's insulting it. to either art, in my opinion. And we don't have to call it art. Some, you know, uh, who was it? Who was the actress? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, who said, in mixed martial arts, <laughs> it is not the arts. No. So you don't have to call it arts. I don't care. I'm not hung up on being an artist. Although I, I am personally an artist because of my hosting this radio show. So I'd appreciate if you show me that respect. And then the um, the main event, John Jones, Daniel Cormier, right? Yes. 
Yeah, that's a big draw because some of these other UFC pay per views, man, I'm not into at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not gonna drop. I'm not gonna spend a penny on. But you were very engaged Maybe in the Damian Maya not... Tyrone Woodley fight. Oh, geez. So <laughs> that, that for was the boring. listeners that didn't shell out all this cash. Um, there was a fight before the main event where these guys didn't punch each other at all. Uh, I'm not familiar. Damian Maya. Woodley? Is it Woodley? Darren Woodley, yes. See, I don't, I don't know all their names. Damian Maya is into it. Yeah, Damian Maya is considered to be the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu okay. practitioner in the history of MMA. Okay. Tyron Woodley was a uh, uh, U.S. All-American uh, wrestler at the University of Missouri. And an absolute stud. He's also a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. So, I mean, but the thing is, is Maya, he has a specific strategy. And it involves taking them down with a... Uh, Call it a single leg takedown, ankle pick, or whatever it is. And then he gets his opponent to the ground, and he, he gets to their back. He does jujitsu stuff, and he submits them. Last night, Tyron Woodley, who's considered to have the best takedown defense in the division, what that means is he's really athletic and very experienced with avoiding being taken down. <laughs> so Damian Maya kept trying. I think he was 0 for 23, Damian Maya was, on trying to take Tyron Woodley to the ground. And so it just involved... Woodley doing a few counter punches here and there and sneaking some punches. Woodley dominated the fight, and the, the crowd was booing. And that brings up an interesting point, Steve. We're both fans of boxing and, and MMA. Whether you'll admit it or not, you're also a fan of, of MMA. Uh, Dana White made some statements after the fight, and he said that Tyron Woodley will not get a shot at George St. Pierre. That would have been the big money fight for him. Yeah. And the reason he will not is specifically because the crowd was booing and that was not an exciting style of a fight. It wasn't exciting, yep. So my question to you, Steve, is, is the, what I'll call a monopoly in the world of mixed martial arts, is that good for the fans or is it bad for the fans? And then another question is, is it good for the sport or is it bad for the sport? I think sometimes... Two different questions. Sometimes fans can be a, a little greedy, wanting a knockout. I mean, how many times do you watch boxing with somebody and they're like... Well, it's not exciting enough when yeah. somebody can get knocked out. All the right? time. All the time. You're so, right. So, so boxing falls victim Woodley, to some of the same listen, things. Listen, man, if I'm not losing in a long, like ever, and my fights are kind of boring, boring, I think I'd be okay with that. But, you know, if he's not going to get put on those anymore because no one wants to see him because he's boring, I mean, I don't know. Dana White has, has the right to do that. I think it's good for the, I, th- I think it's good for the fans, but but it's not necessarily. I wouldn't blame blame Tyron Woodley uh, for that. I mean, there's many. Damian Maya has has faced that type of criticism his entire career. How big is that? Like the average fan, I, I say over all sports. I I consider myself, you know, an average fan of almost all sports. Sure. Slightly, I I think there's a lot of people out there that are like me that just know some of the names but really don't get into it, you know, Mm -hmm. as much as, as say, you would or hardcore mixed martial arts fans. I mean, do you think – I don't know. What are you asking? The viewership – I don't know if it's completely worth my 100% devotion to. I think there's some big fights out there. After the John Jones uh, won last night, he called out Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a fight I'd watch. I mean, because that's a Conor big money McGregor. fight. That, that is John Jones switching from 205 not, pound yeah. weight limit to a, a weight class that will have a 265 pound weight limit. I mean, limit. that's exciting, but a lot of the other ones, I don't care that much. 
Okay, you don't have to. That's okay. But but if we're comparing it to boxing, which I think that's what we're kind of yeah. doing, MMA has a even you a big following. Okay. No, 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 a big following. But even you, someone who's more of a boxing fan than an MMA fan, you admit that there are about as many MMA fights that you're engaged with right now as there are boxing. No, I think. I mean, I definitely watch more boxing. You think, okay. So give us an example. What was the, the last boxing match you were truly engaged I mean, I, I have Showtime HBO, so every Saturday night there's fights. So you saw Adrian Bronner live get his, yes. his ass handed yep. to him. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm watching quite a bit, and they show a lot of old fights. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. No, boxing is great, and I am truly not an expert in boxing or MMA to, to the degree that many are. I did commentary alongside David McKinney last night. That guy's an absolute wizard when it comes to analysis of MMA. Um, but, so I, I, maybe I followed a little bit more closely on the MMA than you do, but boxing is still right up there with me. I'm, yeah. I'm just as much a fan of boxing as I am MMA. That's why I'm so <laughs> disgusted in large part. We, we, we'll we'll Listen, move we, on from the combat some, sports venue here shortly. Yeah, when we get some people calling in, I, I just want you to ask them their opinion on the UFC. Okay. What what are you asking though? I don't get what. Um, do you? Is care? it a good product? Do, do you, you care? Do you care? And that will invoke someone to either say no, it's disgusting, it's human cockfighting, no, like Senator no one McCain will, did. I don't think anything. You know, I, I don't think it's that. I was at a party. I, a, a few, I was at a party a few weeks ago, and a, uh, one of my friends that I grew up with, I was with his parents, great people, and it came up that I was doing commentary for an MMA event. And, and they she both, just got disgusted? They, no, the father and ev- uh, too. Everybody's just, oh, no, that disgust. That's, I mean, the look on his face. Yeah. So, many people are still very disgusted. I don't, I don't the, think as much as you think. Maybe not that you talk to. Maybe not your buddies. What's that supposed to mean? You hang huh? out, What are you trying to say about you my ha- buddies? You hang out with a squirrely crowd. Other topics we're going to discuss this morning. Can we move on from the combat sports yeah, we realm? Yeah, can. I mean... Sure, man. Whatever okay. you want. It's my world, huh? If you're going to get defensive about this, <laughs> we'll just go wherever you want. Our, listen, up to this point, you've already called out my buddies. You <laughs> say I, my life is a complete waste of time. Not a complete waste of time, just your hobbies. You named every single one of my hobbies, 12 of them. <laughs> 12. And said, I would never do those things. I mean, I'm not saying you're a loser, Listen, I do have to say, since having a child, I quit exercising. Oh, damn. Okay. You and I, we used to- All together. Seriously? I do some push-ups and stuff. You you quit? You and I, Steve and I lift at the Northeast YMCA frequently. We go there, we see each other. Even when we don't specifically text each other and say, I'll see you there at so-and-so time. We run into each other. We just randomly run into each other uh, there, which is cool. You're saying you quit or you have taken a brief hiatus? Um, is your YMCA a hiatus? But if I, I called the YMCA right now, is your membership still active? Yes, but I did recently tell my wife to take it off to cancel it. Is she going to? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are canceling it. See, I, I I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know when I'll have a chance again to to really. I'm once, not going to go once a month. Once, I, once your son there, Harvey, I go four or five, four or five days a week. Yeah, once you your know, son Harvey gets to the age where you can comfortably take him to the YMCA with you. They have a little daycare, right? And, yes, and and you can have him being taken care of at no extra charge. Do you trust them? <laughs> yes. Okay. There's cameras everywhere. In the, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I watch on my phone. 
I don't a, know. About I'm a bit overprotective as it is, Kelly. Yeah, I don't know I if it's too. just my first one. Yeah, but you know, if somebody's holding them wrong, I might fight you. You know, you saw me hold them. Did I hold them okay? Oh God, I was a nervous wreck. The, I'm, honestly, I'm joking. <laughs> so you're exaggerating. <laughs> you're not that nervous. You guys both. No, you and your listen, wife both if, handed me your your son. How old was he? A week, two weeks, two weeks, and and I held him and I did an okay job. So you're not that nervous. Yeah. I don't know, man. I kind of if I go long periods of time without seeing them, I'm like ready to go home. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll, I'll be honest. I have an eight and nine year old. I don't exactly remember every stage that I went through when my kids were that young at all. I don't remember the specifics of it. I know that my life dramatically changed the moment I found out I was going to be a father, and then progressively I've recreated a new life basically uh, since then. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I mean, some of the similarities and so it's similar themes. Oh, obviously, yeah. Like I, you know, a couple of years from now, I'll be very happy if, if you could continue or if you're able to continue doing the show with me each week. Yeah, about that. I'm just joking. I'm, I'm not going to cancel on you weeks ahead. Um, so the combat sports to rest. Um, besides that, still a dead period, like you said. What ha- what else has interested you in the world of sports? Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. There's plenty of non-combat sports topics we're going to get to. Before we do that, we're going to head to the Buzzline. We have our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? Good morning, gentlemen. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing great. Doing great. Appreciate you calling in. What do you have for us? Well, a couple things. I'll start with a uh, took my uh, great little grandchildren, John and Caitlin, to the Louisville City uh, game last night. Ten thousand people down at Slugger Field played the league champs, um, New York City Red Bulls, and uh, who looked very good to me. I got to be honest with you guys; I, they had a lot of talent on that team, and I was very glad to see uh, Louisville. Great coaching job by our, we got a great coach, O'Connor. Uh, he made a substitution in the 72nd minute, and it immediately produced a header for the 2-1 to one win. Uh, I tell you, you know, uh, I don't think we're going to be Major League MLS anytime soon, but that is a very good product that that coach continues. To, hats off to Louisville City. Very competitive. I think they're in second place now. I don't think they uh, – that was the defending champ they beat last night. So uh, they really look good and great crowd support and those Coopers. I tell you, that's an exciting group of young men. Uh, that's some uh, that's some crazy beards and a lot of lot of brews in them. But uh, that's a great atmosphere. Really enjoyed it. Guys, got to get get into horse racing. Started our second season really yesterday with the Jim Dandy Stakes. The Jim Dandies uh, is a prep for the Travers. Both of them at Saratoga. The Travers is considered the Midsummer Derby for three year olds, and it pitted. Yesterday's race pitted Always Dreaming, of course, the Derby winner, against Cloud Computing, who beat Always Dreaming and knocked him off the Triple Crown uh, chase in the Preakness. So we had two classic winners in a five-horse field, and they weren't even a factor. Good Samaritan, a horse that had never even run on dirt, had been a turf horse with some success for Bill Mott, uh, shocked the crowd with a convincing stretch run. Uh, Cloud, who was, I think, two to one, he finished dead. He finished five out of five. Uh, always dreaming, finished third. Every race that we've had this 
season for the three-year-olds has produced some kind of wild deal. Today, we have the million-dollar Haskell Invitational. We got a bunch of new, uh, bunch of old Derby horses, three-year-olds that we remember: Irish War Cry, Practical Joke, Gervin, Irap. All these. I'm sorry, not Irap, uh, but uh, great race today at Monmouth, their signature race of the year. Uh, so that goes on tonight. And then, uh, as I said, we're setting up for the Travers. But you know, last week I reported about Arrogate losing at one to twenty. Uh, same thing yesterday. I mean, the two even money favorites, Always Dreaming and Cloud Computing, very disappointing. So, uh, tell you what, it's just uh, this three-year-old crop of thoroughbreds never seems to amaze me on how they just beat each other up. And uh, now you got to look at Good Samaritan out of Harlan's Holiday, great-looking horse. Uh, so it's wide open, guys, but exciting stuff going on. But uh, hats off to Louisville City. What a great win last night. Brian, before we let you go, uh, is that team, is that an MLS team, New York City? No, it was a it was a, the UFL team. Okay. Uh, it's their second division. But, man, they had, uh, they had a lot of talent on that team. I, when I was watching the game, I thought, man, they just got more skilled players yeah. and they're quicker and they're stronger. And uh, I just think we've got, we got a very, very good team. Uh, obviously, we don't have a great, huge budget being a USL team, but I think we've got a fantastic coach that just keeps putting our players in the position to win. And the product they put out, Steve, I think this is, what, the third year for Louisville City? Yeah. I mean, I think they finished second. Second, They're in the playoffs. They lost last year to the eventual champ. This, this team won it all last year, and I think there's, what, 16 teams in the USL. So, I mean, we're very uh, fortunate to have this competitive of, of a product you know they're building their own stadium they're they're haven't broken ground but it's getting closer and closer in butcher town uh so uh but great support you know uh so uh it's really an exciting product i, I love going to the game not cheap to get in a family of yeah, four with 76 true. bucks very true but uh very good product and i don't care personally if it becomes an MLS team anytime soon, that probably just means the ticket prices go up. Yeah, but so, at the uh, same time, Brian, I think that would be awesome for Louisville. I mean, you're already talking about over 10,000 people showing up there, and they have that pretty consistently yep. at these big games. I think it'd be awesome. I'm, I'd love to go to an MLS oh, I do too. in the city. And there's some stuff that came out this week. Uh, they're kind of configured. You know, to get into the MLS, though, it cost, there's an entry oh, yeah. fee of $150 million. Yeah, that's be more out of our pocket, right? Yeah, it's a little steep, but uh, I think we're going to get there. The first step is a soccer-specific stadium, which the mayor, the mayor of Louisville, he's behind. He goes to a lot of these games. Uh, so I think we're getting there. It's going to be good measured growth. I think we'll get there someday. I don't think it's anytime soon, but I, I really see, you know, with the energy from these young kids that are watching this, these soccer games, I think, you know, it's going to continue to build, and we will get, I think the first pro team in Louisville will be a soccer team, Louisville City. Just don't know how many years off that is. Okay, Brian, back to horse racing. For us casual fans, if I'm looking to get my drink on and have a good time at Churchill Downs, when is the next time, or what is the next event that I can look forward to for the the night racing? Great question. We're about a month away. Uh, September, this will, I think, be the, maybe the fourth season where Churchill has September racing. Never used to, 
but it, they, they'll go Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They've got a couple night racings in the month of September. It's kind of fun. You can go out during the day on a Saturday, and they put the big screen on. They put college football in between races. So uh, I, lo- I love going out. So there'll be uh, the month of September after Labor Day, Churchill will open on the weekends. Th- I think it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and maybe Sunday too. And um, so that'll be September. Then it'll, it'll go to Keeneland in October, and then it comes back to Churchill uh, in November. So we still got a lot of racing at Churchill this year. Okay. As always, great stuff, Brian. We appreciate your input on everything in the world of sports. Before we let you go, anything else you want to chime in on? A couple of nice pickups by the Louisville Cardinal football team this week. Uh, a four-star cornerback, uh, highly recruited, uh, all-American cornerback uh, chose the Cardinals uh, over a whole list of uh, SEC teams. And they also then picked up Another cornerback, I think they're losing some uh, defensive backs this year, so there must be some opportunity. They picked up two big cornerbacks, two highly thought-of cornerbacks. So Bobby silently has uh, uh, done a very, very nice job of recruiting now that we're in the ACC. One other note I'll mention, did you guys see, you know, Western Kentucky got like the eighth-ranked player, seven-foot guy, eighth-ranked player, five-star center into this class. Had a lot of momentum. Uh, they got a new coach, Dansville. I don't know what's going down in Bowling Green, but uh, they've lost a couple assistant coaches, uh, one of them out of North Carolina, you would remember, uh, and then uh, Shoemate, a local guy. They've lost those, and the five-star left campus this week. He was on campus for two weeks, highest-ranked recruit uh, ever at Western. They had a huge recruiting class coming in, and some problems down at Western Kentucky. I hope they get it straightened out. Uh, always like to see the Hilltoppers do well. Yeah, that's very question- questionable what's going on in, in Bowling Green. Um, we'll have to wait and see. And you're right, Louisville has the positive momentum on the recruiting front for football, Brian. My question is always, yeah, it's easy to get up, caught up in the recruiting and we sign this guy, we sign that guy. Wow, look at, you know, get excited about individual players. How do they stack up nationally right now? But very good. Good question. Uh, they, Louisville has gotten, you know, I think Louisville's overachieved in the last 20 years in football with, you know, skill players. They, they have gotten good skill players, but they have not gotten, compared to the power conferences, the Big Ten, and then, of course, the SEC teams. But that talent gap has really started to shrink under Petrino's second return to Louisville, and uh, they, they are doing a much better job. And so is Kentucky. i got to tell you, Kentucky's recruiting classes – or have been fantastic. Kentucky had they got they picked up a big offensive uh, tackle, four star transfer from USC. The Cats did in the last couple of weeks. So both programs are really getting much better athletes in in football, much better highly ranked athletes uh, in the national deal, and they're closing that talent gap, which for years both programs had a real problem with. But uh, they really closed it, and uh, they continue to really do. I think they're both solidly inside the top 20. College football recruiting, as you guys know, uh, is very, very, very tough. And when you got, you know, Ohio State and Alabama and USC and Notre Dame and Michigan and Wisconsin, all those schools and all the SEC schools, um, to, to get in there and fight and to win, Rural's really concentrated down in uh, Florida again. A couple local kids, I don't know if you guys saw this, a couple local kids, the, the number one player in the class out of Trinity just committed to Michigan yesterday. So uh, he had eliminated Louisville from his list, but he had the Cats in there. But 
he decided to go to Michigan. Then another local guy yesterday, uh, not uh, from the state of Kentucky, he uh, he signed with Notre Dame yesterday, and he eliminated the Cats, but had the cards on their list. So a couple misses there. You got to get the home hometown talent, but uh, out of state, they've done a very good job, and both of their recruitings is very much improved. Great stuff, as always, from our man Brian, the insider. Brian, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Good stuff there. Brian was shot out of a cannon this morning with all yeah. his information he Kelly, dropped on us. What's with um, – why are you worried about Western Kentucky? Uh, because they, they, they've had very um, questionable turnover within their, their um, basketball coaching staff. But they, they have the um, – that recruit, the 10th rated recruit? They lost him. They lost him. Yes. Now where is he going now? Uh, it hasn't been announced yet. Some people were talking about um, Mi- Mitchell Robinson. Yes. Six eleven. Yeah, he 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 reasonably could play basketball probably at Kentucky or you know maybe Duke. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I'm like looking that. at his his list: DePaul, UMass, Murray State, and or those are just offers, I guess. But yeah, those but be, are the be, only schools up there. Those beyond, are some pretty small schools. Is that right? What's that? that? That he's only been offered by them? I don't think that's accurate. I, I'm saying that's those are the teams he was looking at. Okay. I don't know all the details. I know that he's ranked as a five-star by, by a couple different recruiting services. That's not common. That's I mean, if you're ranked by five. McDonald's fi- American. Yeah, if you're McDonald's All-American, you're a five-star, um, and he's a center. He's ranked in everyone's top ten. He signed with Rick Stansberry and the Hilltoppers. Um, and then for some reason he backed out. Now, don't get me wrong. It seemed a little out of place that he would sign with Western Kentucky, right? Yeah. Um, who was it? God, maybe 10 years ago, Western Kentucky had another big center. Do you remember that? There's a big center. I'll bring up his name. But he seemed a little out of place. It may have been 10, 15 years ago. I don't remember. But on occasion, Western Kentucky, they also had that one player who ended up coming out as gay, who was a real big recruit. He transferred. So every once in a while, Western Kentucky uh, lands a huge signing. Yeah. But not the, also, to this degree. I also read that his, the leading recruiter, the main guy that recruited him, was the, was the assistant coach, and he stepped down. Yeah. So what I mean is so, I mean, the reason I'd be concerned is— Wherever he's going, he's yeah. taking them with him, Yeah, right? that's how it works a lot of times. If Kenny Johnson were to leave Louisville tomorrow, he's the lead recruiter for a lot of these guys. Or Rick Pitino probably is, but Kenny Johnson works on a lot of them. You'd have to believe that many of those guys would would potentially at least o- reopen their recruitment. But Western Kentucky, over the past few years, Steve has had multiple. You think they were paying? I don't know what the deal is. Something. There's there's times where someone would be let go, and then there's no report as to what happened from the university. So I don't know what's happening. Get rid of them as quick. Yeah, I don't know, man. Have you you read any of these articles about this stuff? I'm I'm not claiming to be an insider. But you're just saying it. You're curious when a small school gets top ten guys. Similar, similar. (laughs) No, you're fabricating that part. What? You're you're adding you're you're adding that onto my narrative. I'm not saying that it seems like they're paying. What's your narrative? If I say that, do you realize how much turmoil that would cause? No, I'm saying this. What are you saying that? You're kind of leaning that way. It seemed I like feel it. you were adding that on. That's okay. That's okay. I, I like where your head's at. You had one foot in already. That's what those fiction books will get you, is they, they, they have you create uh, narratives where they're not really there. That's okay. Yeah. Our brains work differently. You know, I'm a realist. You live in a 
a fantasy land. Back to Western. <laughs> um, so what, what are you? What are you insisting? I'm suggesting that over the past few years, there have been multiple times where I've sat down in my computer at home on my iPad, and I've read an article and I thought, "What the hell? They just fired this coach. They fired that coach." There's inter- there's something that happened. There's uh, many people within the athletic department were let go. Why? Why? I don't know why. So are you saying like a scandal? No, I'm not saying any anything. Type of scandal? No, I'm it not. It sounds s- like you're afraid to say something. <laughs> I don't. You think I'm sitting on it? Inf- Trust me. If I was no, sitting, it, just an opinion, like a hard opinion. You, you yeah, don't no, I don't say have one. I'm, com- I'm confused by it. I'm confused by it. There must be something going on, but I honestly have no idea what it is. Nothing. Western Kentucky has some strange stuff going on right now. 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor, Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzz Line. You should go down and investigate. (laughs) Go to a bowling green. Just start asking around. Just move move in. Grill a secretary. Just walk into the admissions office and just start questioning one of the secretaries or something. You think I could get to the bottom of it? Yeah, I do. Take pictures. That's the problem. You know, these reporters... These reporters, you know. <laughs> they're not afraid to. They're afraid to get their hands dirty. They have those reports typed up weeks in advance. Those articles. That's what I think. You know what's funny is if if Western Kentucky had a let's say Matt Jones, somebody who was from the a rival school. Let's say Eastern Kentucky and Western Kentucky turned into a, a huge okay. rivalry. Okay, yeah. and there was a guy like Matt Jones for Eastern Kentucky, or someone like that. You think they'd become a big school? Um, no, what I'm saying is, guys, and I'm not saying it's bad, but what Matt Jones brings or uh, Clay Travis or any of those guys who are kind of on the um, outskirts of the media and don't care about what the traditional media thinks of them, but they yes. dig up dirt on their, their rivals, then I bet we would know what's going on at Western Kentucky. I'm not suggesting anything. It may, okay. it may be that one guy uh, told his assistant coach to, uh, you know, Cursed at him in front of public. I have no idea what happened, but it's just bizarre. But what I'm saying is if, if a Matt Jones-type guy existed, there would be He's more... He's also really good at his job, though. Who? Matt Jones. Oh, yeah. No, obviously. Yeah. The number of people who are listening to this show, 98% of them either hate him or they're a fan of him. They and have a strong then, opinion of him. As an announcer, that's probably what you want, right? Yeah. And yeah. if you're in that business. I'm not saying I like Matt Jones. I'm not saying that at all. I don't. What I'm saying is he's very good at his job. And his job, like Rush Limbaugh or Keith Olbermann or, I guess, Bill O'Reilly or, you know, uh, any of those guys, is to be polarizing and to have a, yeah. a strong following. Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman. Yeah, Shannon, Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Is to have people either love you or hate you, but regardless, they're talking about you. So he does a great job at that. But if Western Kentucky had someone like that, they would be all over this. And if I hated Western Kentucky and I didn't have anything to do with my life, a la Matt Jones, I would be following around secretaries in Bowling Green. <laughs> what? You're an idiot. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what I mean is Matt Jones has devoted his life specifically to hating U of L. You think so directly? What do you mean? Are you suggesting that's not what Matt care that much, Are man. you suggesting that's not what Matt Jones' life is about? I, I think he, I mean he's got a loyal. I would love. I he's would love. Pretty good at his job. I would. I'm not saying he's not good at his job. Okay. I just said he's good at his this job. Is what, this is what I was talking about when you get defensive. <laughs> I just gave him all sorts of Listen, praise. Anybody in that position with that audience would also bring up all the crappy things about Louisville. That's a fact. And that, that, that's not ha- true. Louisville has a, a lot of ammunition. 
the reason he's, ammunition he has that, that all- they just give away to him, you know? It's Certainly. just there. They're the re- so close in proximity. Anybody would take advantage of Did that. Did you know you this know? past week Karen Cipher was released from prison? Really? <laughs> yeah. Did you know the, the reason Matt Jones has such a loyal following, in my opinion, is, Kentu- is because Kentucky fans hate Louisville. And, a lot of, and Louisville fans also hate Kentucky. I'm not saying that Louisville fans are yep. innocent of that. Okay, But during the Patino trial in whatever year that was, for perjury, okay, <laughs> where everybody misinter- really misinterpreted, but that's an opinion, uh, what was going on. But it was a perjury trial. Uh, Matt Jones showed up at the courthouse every day. <laughs> Did you know that? Because he's an attorney. Yeah. I don't know if he's still, uh, still, you know, an active attorney. I bet he is actually. I think he's an active attorney. So he showed up at the courthouse every day covering it, and so Kentucky fans ate that up. That's why he's famous. That's why he has such a lo- loyal following. Kentucky Sports Radio was a big deal before that, yeah. but it really took off. So Eastern needs a guy like this. <laughs> Eastern Kentucky <laughs> needs a guy like this, or whoever Western Kentucky's rival is. I graduated from Eastern Kentucky. You did. So did my brother, and so did your other, your brother also. Yeah. yeah. And so did Noah Spence. I'm just joking. Who? But Noah Spence, the Ohio State transfer that went to EKU that just got drafted in um, first round or oh, second okay. round. Okay, I didn't. Defensive I didn't, end. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, That's kind of cool that you could get a huge name like a fir- you know first round <laughs> draft pick out of Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. He got in a lot of trouble at Ohio State. Did something, he? Yeah, I think drugs or something. Kicked off the team. Well. A lot of those Urban Meyer haters say it takes a lot to get him to him kick, kick somebody <laughs> off the team too, right? <laughs> My favorite Urban Meyer story is supposedly Reggie Nelson, who's now a safety for, I don't know, the Vikings or, I don't know, where's Reggie Nelson? He played for my Bengals for a yeah, long time. Yeah. But he was at Florida. He's for the Raiders. Man, the Raiders are going to be good. Don't get me started on the NFL. Okay. Um, I was just listening to a story on the Raiders this morning. Were you? Go ahead. They have some other very intriguing guys. Yeah, but, a um, great offensive line in Marshawn Lynch, but back to what we're talking okay. about. Okay. Reggie Nelson and Aaron Hernandez were in a, a car that supposedly did a drive-by shooting. Okay. <laughs> and that doesn't sound too far-fetched, really, does it? Aaron Hernandez is not, this isn't on his record. I, I follow Hernandez pretty closely. You do? Yeah. You suggesting so I'm making this are, up? Are you saying this? Is this really Reggie Nelson is remembered for this? No, I'm not saying he's remembered for okay, it. I mean, anyways, it what were you saying, though? Urban, Urban Meyer did what? He kept him on the team. Yeah, when he was at Florida, it was like... Look, former Florida players Reggie Nelson and Aaron Hernandez were both identified by, to police by Randall Quezon, a witness of the early morning shootings. It may not have been a drive-by shooting. I may be wrong. It was a shooting, okay, <laughs> in like, 2007. I feel like he's All done pretty do well Google at Ohio State with uh, punishments. I think they've handed down plenty in the last couple really? of years. I'm being serious, okay. too. You may not follow him. I'm not that saying close, that I would do anything differently. He, he kicked off, uh, kicked somebody off the team last year. Um, Ezekiel's been suspended. I think Bosa Ezekiel was, doesn't play for them anymore. I know. I'm saying in the past, Bosa was suspended. I think... At Ohio State, he's done pretty solid with punishment. Similar to the Matt Jones thing. You're going to have kids that do bad stuff, right? Sure, you are. Bobby Petrino has all sorts of um, cases uh, since he's been at Louisville during this tenure and his previous tenure here in Louisville that he had, you know, problematic issues and handled them in certain ways. The bottom line is, if you have a job... Our job is to host the weekend sports buzz every Sunday from 9 to 11. We need to do the best job we can at that at all costs. Or we won't get any ratings. No one will listen. Matt Jones does a good job at his job. He does. He, he has very 
a lot of success. Nick Saban does a great job at his job, okay? <laughs> Urban Meyer does. Bobby Petrino so, does. That doesn't mean you cannot poke holes in what they do. Would you, would you take that legacy and be that shady? Yes, because I know it does not make you a bad person. I'm not worried about convincing people I'm a good... you win? Yeah, I'm not convinced... I am not worried about people thinking I'm a good person. Like Nick Saban, Urban Meyer. I mean, look look how shady Art Bryles was, you know? Yeah. No, covering up domestic uh, assault. That's shady. Yeah, that's bad. There, There is a line, obviously. If there's sexual assault or something like that, the Jameis Winston issue, have you ever watched a special on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So there's a fine line. If you are covering up sexual assault, uh, things like that, that is the fi- the line. Where it has to be drawn. Or shootings. If you're covering up shootings, things like that. So what are you going to allow, Kelly? There's not, I mean, <laughs> anything no fun. related? No fun, Kelly Patrick. No uh, shootings P- or sexual PDs, assault. PEDs. PEDs. I don't care about PEDs. <laughs> I, I would follow the, the rule to a T, and I would cover my, my ass. You would make sure they passed the test. Hey, man. You if he failed help them pass it. If he failed the test, I would go to the How athletic director. How I would go to the athletic director. It would not be my job to enforce punitive action. I would go to the athletic director and say, what do we have to do? This guy failed the test. Oh, we don't have to suspend him at all? Great. He's our best left guard. We'll keep him. He's starting Saturday. You'd have to make sure that they pass the test beforehand. You couldn't have a bunch of people failing tests. So I think you'd probably talk to your assistant coaches. They'd pass it down, right? I would have one of my assistant coaches take the test, the urine test, or the blood test. For him, we are way past the break. We are the weekend sports buzz here on 96 1 FM, 1450 AM. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. We are back with the Weekend Sports Buzz, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. We can move on from our previous topic, Steve. We can move on. What else in the world of sports um, is intriguing to you from I this weekend? I want to know what, what you're passionate about. Baseball, is that, is that what's left? Uh, my I re- mean, yeah. definitely no Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. Do you get into any like drama, LeVar Ball? I like the LeVar Ball drama. I read a very interesting... Did you read about LeVar Ball's interaction with a female referee? I think it was... Some of it, yeah. Some of it's a bit confusing because he's gotten teed up so many times. So I don't know, you know, second time in a game. or He already took his team off the floor once after getting teed up. Just stopped in the middle of the game. Um, disqualified the team. I think they were up 10. So he definitely runs the show there, right? Do you want to explain to him? Let me see. What's I'll, this female br- ref? I'll bring it up, but I, I think uh, a summary of what happened was on Friday, LeVar Ball coaches his big baller 
brand uh, team. So I guess it's like an AAU team, traveling team. And he's the coach. <laughs> and he got a technical early in the game. Big mistake there was not that he got a technical. It was that it was given to him by a female referee. Okay. He was disgusted that she had the nerve to give him a technical. She, he demanded he demanded that she be removed from the game immediately. That was after the second technical, right? Nope. No, got, no. I thought he got teed up twice in the same game. They he were did. gonna eject he, him. He did get teed up twice, but yeah. But this is this is I'm I'm giving you a step by step version of Okay. If, I'd appreciate if you didn't interrupt me. <laughs> no. All right. So he got a technical the first time. He demanded the, the uh, female official be removed. She was disgusted, very offended. They removed her. They continued with the game. Then later in the first half, he got a second technical by a, a male official. And then they he refused to leave the game because two technicals means you're out of there. Okay. And they just called the game. They just canceled it. But now, this, so all of this is run run by Adidas, correct? Um, and Adidas I don't know. has been informed, don't team up anymore, right? Is that right? Yes. I, I don't know about that. They informed every. I mean, it's like a known fact that Lavar is the draw to these games. Oh, okay. They I mean, they had one where the money talks. A game that they um, a little while ago where there was like three thousand people there, and the fire marshal they had to close areas off because it was too crowded. What do you do you think what do you think about this? A lot of kids listening watching to Lavar Ball is if something doesn't go your way, do you just quit? Is that a good message to kids or just people in general? I'm not I'm not ever worried about uh, an athlete or someone like that being a role model for ever? kids. Ever? <laughs> Seriously? I mean, unless there was something I, I think it matters more than you think. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I think parenting is what's important when it comes to that. And your, my son, Johnny, my daughter, Caitlin, uh, you know, your, your son, um, it's our job to raise our kids, right? There's going to be adults. The president will do things that are, you know, offensive or, or there's athletes that you'll look up to and they'll do things that are bad. Yeah. John Jones, he's a flawed man, but he's great. Um, so LeVar Ball, I, I'm not, are, do you think many little kids out there idolize LeVar Ball? Maybe not idolize him, but... I mean, for those kids that aren't getting if my son, enough parenting that are in front of the TV and phone all day. Okay. I mean. That's on those know. parents. If my son or daughter grew up and acted like this during a game when they were coaching game, I would not be impressed. I would not let that fly. This is clearly him acting like a jackass. Is that what you mean? Yes. Th- that's no good. That is him being a jackass. Okay. Is that? I but mean, but I, that doesn't mean that he's not exciting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Madonna. Is a great musician, but she's has all sorts of cases where she flips out on people, or she gets drunk, on, goes out on stage, and makes an ass out of herself. Um, so I'm not too worried about things like that. Justin Bieber, he's he's done some crazy stuff. Doesn't mean they can't still listen to their music. Huge I am believer. I am still a huge believer. Justin Bieber actually got in the news this past week. But sorry to sidetrack. Uh, Lavar Ball handles himself. Like a, a, a an immature child a lot of times. That doesn't mean that I'm not a fan of his because I actually do like him in a lot of ways. Uh, he's exciting. He's done a great job of marketing. I mean, you just <laughs> Google him, man. Let's see. What do you think his net Listen, worth is? Um, did you hear Shaq's diss track to him? No, I didn't. I hope one day Shaq, Shaq, Shaq makes a, a diss track toward he me. Did, uh, did he did to LeVar Ball. Okay. Oh, man, you have to hear this. 
<laughs> I mean, how funny is that that Shaquille O'Neal made a rap diss song about LeVar Ball? Think about that. I think how long ago was it that Shaq was rapping when he was playing in the NBA? I just think it's great. That's that's funny. It's funny. And I agree. Did you ever hear Shaq back in the day when he rapped? Yeah. He was pretty bad, wasn't he? I mean, he was this better than... This one's not too bad. Really? Yeah. <laughs> People need to look it up. Well, the thing is, is I think with rap, if you get into it as a hobby, you can have somebody who's... Get Rakim or, you know, or somebody like that to write some lyrics for you. Write a song for you, and then you just recite the song. Yeah. You know what I mean? So not it's that. not a bad song. has good... You, you put the money into it. You have the, the good um, electronic music behind it and good lyrics and uh, cadence and everything works. This is Shaquille O'Neal, though. What? <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I, I think LeVar Ball is exciting. Um, now, how much airtime does he deserve on ESPN? If I tune into ESPN to watch Sports Center after a long day at work, and I'm trying to get up to speed on what happened in baseball and who got hurt and you know the the necessary stories, and they they have a roundtable discussion about LeVar Ball. I mean, there's a line you have to draw uh, where I, I don't need that. If I'm looking for updates on sports, I don't need that. But the people who are devoting time to him, it's comical. It's good marketing on his part. I looked it up. According to the internet, he has a, a net worth of $4 million. I'm sure five years ago, he wasn't worth that much, right? Yeah. So more power to him. Um, I'm entertained by him. He keeps himself in good shape. Did you see when he stripped his shirt off at the WWE? Yeah. That was awesome. That stuff's exciting. I mean, uh <laughs> I get a kick out of it, and this could go back to our debate about reality versus fake. So why am I entertained by the UFC or the MMA? I'm sorry, not MMA, WWE. Why am I entertained by that if I think it's silly because it's fake? It's just something about that is kind of cool. I saw a guy last night at the MMA event I was at in northern Kentucky came in, and he was wearing his professional debut. He was wearing a big robe and a top hat. It was awesome, and he like insisted people take the robe off of him before he went into the cage, and then he dominated. It was awesome. So I do like theatrics. I like confidence, things like that, and, and making real. As long as it's based on reality, um, then I like somebody who makes it flamboyant and exciting. Fair enough. I like Roy Jones Jr. when he was dancing in the uh, boxing, in in the ring, stuff like that. So that's yeah. exciting, and that's what I think. Lavar Ball is. Lavar Ball is. Um, I think he, he doesn't take himself as serious as many people think he does. Yeah. He knows that the he wouldn't. The cameras are on. He knows the cameras are on. He knows he wouldn't beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. He barely played for his college team. So he would probably not beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. -on -one. So I think he says out, outrageous things, uh, and, and he tries to get a reaction. Kind of like, as you said earlier, Shannon Sharp or, or Stephen A. Smith or yep. any of those guys. So... Um Moving on a little bit, the Cavs got D Rose. Are you you're all in now, right? All this, in what? This is the the player that's going to make the big difference. I notice how you like these veterans. So are you a big D? I mean, you're you were excited about the Cavs last week, maybe acquiring Derrick Rose. Were you not? I'm excited. I think it's cool. I think it's a good backup. Probably better than Deron Williams. Now, I'm not saying that's the missing piece. Or anything crazy like okay. that. They're going to win the still no, NBA Finals. They're also, still going to lose no to the trade world. with um, Kyrie I, Irving. I, I predict Kyrie Irving stays in Cleveland for next year. Really? Yeah. Um, I they. I was looking into it a little bit last night, and they said that the Phoenix Suns are probably the more most realistic trade partner. 
I'd like that. Eric Bledsoe. If they got Eric Jared, Bledsoe. Maybe Jared Dudley. I think Eric, Eric Bledsoe automatically becomes one of the best players in the NBA in many people's opinions next year if he goes to the Cavaliers and plays alongside okay. LeBron James. We're it gonna elevates he- your career that much. Certainly. Brings the best out in you. Without a doubt. We're going to head to a break. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Right back at you with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Continuing with the LeVar Ball talk. Steve, you mentioned Shaq had released a LeVar Ball diss track. track. I did a little research during the break. I ran it through our attorneys. And we are able to play a 15-second clip from the song. I find it to be very exciting. So everybody stay tuned. Just play it. Let's hear it. Everybody, you know, stick with us here. One moment. Bring it up. All right. Here we go. Dudes talking loud. I don't understand. Walk around like they the true big ball of damn. How you think that? I'm about to spit facts. I walk in Reebok in 94. I came out with the shacks. I've been doing this a long time. When you was averaging two points, riding a pine. You see my t-shirts. You see my feet work. Ball of brand. That was me first. How many points? Okay, so what we heard there... What would you think? I, I like it. I think it's pretty decent, I too. think it's very good. Some of the stuff's a little corny. Oh, it's corny. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's funny that he went into the studio. That's a, that's a Jay-Z um, song, that beat that he's on. So it's not, you know, he's. I guess he's just freestyling over the beat. I have a feeling he, he consulted some with time. someone. <laughs> yeah, he consulted some with someone because that this, sounds right? good. Yeah. And Shaq has turned into a theatrical... Person, yeah. I mean, it's funny the he stunts do he a, does with Charles Barkley. You should do a Javale McGee one next. How great would that be? You would lose it. You love that stuff, don't you? I do. I, I like stuff like that. I do. I'm a big fan of stuff like that. Um, the whole song is great. I was able to listen to it during the break, yeah. and and I bet he had somebody because Shaq's friends with everybody. Who I would love to be friends with Shaq, wouldn't you? <clears throat> yeah. If I'm a celebrity or whoever, or big rapper, anything, I want to go hang out with Shaq. And, and you help him with some lyrics or, you know, the beat or anything, he puts out a good product like that. I, I think it's, it's uh, good marketing not only for LeVar Ball, but also for Shaq, right? Fair enough, yeah. Keeping Shaq's name. We've never had a character quite like Shaq in the world of sports. True. Especially in this day and age of um, social media, reality television, he is golden, Maybe Wilt Chamberlain, things like that. He was a big star, too. But Shaq, just his his uh, overall presence, everything about him is is on a different level from anybody else yeah. in, in this uh, era of sports. Other topics in the world of sports, Steve. What, what What's intrigued you from the weekend? Um, Did you read or see or hear any of the reports on the CTE? Um. Yeah, I did. I read a report, and it went something like that. It went something like this. (laughs) The solution to avoid CTE, or concussion syndromes, or whatever CTE means, the solution is to reduce the number of years that you play football. And I thought, wow, (laughs) 
<laughs> Who would have thought of that? How much money was dropped on this study? Wow. Just something you could have told them. <laughs> yeah. I hope to God nobody spent any money on that study. Oh, What's it's, next? It's, they're going to do a big study. They're going to say, breaking news. Stop what you're doing. You're watching a basketball game? Stop. Give us a few minutes. We need to talk about this. Getting punched in the head while boxing. Is bad for your head. Is bad for your head long term. You would be better off to avoid. Not getting punched in the head. You would be better off to avoid getting punched in the head. Um, So tell them the study. I think they um, looked into uh, 111 former players, not only NFL, but at some college, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And found that 110 out of the 111 have um, some CTE, signs of CTE. Mm Mm-hmm. I would be very curious. I played... Uh, football, tackle football, probably starting at 11 years old. Okay. I wasn't very good. I played all the way up through my fresh. I played my freshman year in high school. Um, was that the last year? Yeah, I was on the football team for a little bit during my sophomore okay. year, and then I quit or um, something like that. Did you ever get rocked really good? Oh yes, I was a running back. I was a, yes. I also so you returned took some pu- blows. Yeah, I returned punts. Yeah, that's scary. You return punts, yeah. you're catching the ball, you're trying not to be a sissy, so you don't want to call a fair catch every time. So there's some fine there's some areas where you're gonna catch the ball while you're looking up and you get laid out. So, so yes. you were decent of your age group if you're running back and catching punts, right? No. I was uh that was my position. I was the, the last okay. on the, the depth chart. Your brother oh, okay. was actually ahead of me. But I'm talking <laughs> about I'm talking about um during practice and things like that. I would get laid out. Yeah. Yeah. Your brother was actually a few spots ahead of me on the halfback. Did you fumble a lot of punts? Nope. Nope, I didn't. I actually did not fumble a punt. I was actually good at recovering fumbles uh, relative to my – I mean, I'm not saying I was a good high school football player or anything like that. That's a fun fact about you. Yeah. <laughs> what? That I was I'm good, good at re- – I'm good at recovering fumbles. <laughs> at, at the freshman football level. When you introduce yourself to women, you should start saying that. Back when I played freshman A couple foot- things about me. Um, I do jujitsu. Jiu-jitsu. I do train I ha- I jiu-jitsu four show. to five days a week. I host a radio show, yes. and I'm pretty good at recovering fumbles. Yeah, and I was a running. I was really very deep on the depth chart my freshman year, but I was a run. They put me at the but running when back. When there was a fumble, I ran on the field and I recovered because <laughs> I was always on the kickoff team. You know, the the kickoff team and stuff like that, special teams, and so you have opportunities to yeah. to um, get in on. You know, you see a ball laying there, you jump on it. Would you let your kids, your um, son play football? Yes, I would. Certainly would. At what age? Right now? Starting right away? If that's what he really wanted to do, yeah. Let me see. He's 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 eight years old now. Ooh, that's young, man. Yeah, I, I would not be How opposed old? to it. 11? Um, maybe 11. See, man, I'm, I'm probably not going to. Okay. Maybe you should, perhaps you should have your son live in a bubble. Listen, man. Maybe you should have your son live in a bubble and never do anything. I guarantee you some of these guys that were first stringers in high school and played every snap from middle school or even peewee to Mm -hmm. high school have signs of some brain, some CTE. Even if you don't play football, I put money on it. Okay. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Even if you don't play football, young men do the dumbest things in the history of the world. Fair enough. I'll tell a, a personal story about myself. That involves Steve Driver. When we were young, I believe you were with me. I remember us taking <laughs> young high schoolers, medicine balls, throwing them up into the air, and then letting them land on our face. Was that you that I did that with? I think that might have been um, 
Not no, you? No. Okay. Maybe Enzer, maybe? I don't know who it was. Another one of our friends. Okay. So you do a lot of stupid stuff. I remember specifically going, watch this, taking a big heavy medicine ball, throwing it up real far in the air, and then letting it come down right listen, onto your face. Listen. Young if, boys are stupid. If my son wants to play football, I think freshman year of high school okay. is when you should start. Okay. If not later. I think if... You're going to be good at football. There's not much you miss from Pee Wee to freshman year that you can't make up in four years when you're a senior. What year do you think uh, Vontae's perfect or Ray Lewis? I don't, I don't care. That, I don't, my son's not Vontae's perfect or Ray Lewis. Oh, I'm, or not James say, I'm not saying they are, okay. but, uh, but, but you're trying to apply. A, what you just said was there's yes, no, I, no, you suggested there's no benefit to starting earlier than, than play freshman. Play flag football. Okay. But if, if you want to be a really good middle linebacker or tackler, I do think that no, you... No, man. There's kids in college and overseas that... How many times have you heard? He's only been playing football for two years. Oh, that just stuff happens. football. This stuff certainly um, happens. Yeah, that happens a lot. You know? Mm-hmm. In, in every if you're pos- athletic, you're athletic, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you and, can, if you, and also, to that similar degree, if you have a killer instinct to where when you get closer to a person who has the football... Or you're, you're, you know, somebody you're blocking, you explode into them. I think you're kind of born with that innately. That's kind of part of you, or it's not. Does that make sense? Yeah. I remember uh, a guy, Brad, that you and I know, both know very well. I played football with him from a very young age, and when he would get closer to people, he would just explode. He was small guy. He would just explode into them for some of the most highlight, real, worthy. Um, Hits. Yeah. I mean, that's just part of who he is. Yep. So if, if that's part of you, then it's part of you. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think that that's necessarily something that's going to change if you start earlier. But it, in my opinion, if you start playing call, uh, football at the Pee Wee level or Pop Warner, I do think you can learn some technique and things like that that carries over. Like keeping your head up. I mean, basic drills. Oh, yeah. No, uh, what I, my point is this. I bet Ray Lewis, Vontae Spurfick, uh I shouldn't use Junior Seau. <laughs> But anybody like that who's an all-time great linebacker, um, my guess is they started playing football at a very young age. At the same time, though, I think you can see in your child at a young age if they're, go- if they're going to be Ray Lewis or Vontez Burfick or even Andy Dalton. So you're saying then those people are if worthy you, of being you, exposed to concussions? At, if you look at your genes and your athletic ability, your hand-eye coordination, I, I'm not going to put my kid through 10 years of football if he's, you know, never going to start in high school. I think a lot of a lot of head hits, you know, I just think it's too much, man. Okay. 110 out of 111, so, and they all weren't pros. So what is the relevance of this study? Somebody paid a bunch of money to have a study um, that comes out and well, says CTE is prevalent among people who played football in their somebody life. Somebody in the NFL I, w- I just would personally retired. argue it's prevalent among any young boy who does dumb stuff when they're young. Okay, I... There was a Ravens offensive lineman that just retired after this report came out okay. and specifically cited this report. So there is significance in this report. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are going to have to decide, am I going to be in the league for an average of four years or do well, I need to start looking beyond that? My argument would be it's going to turn into a, a absolute joke. And what I mean by that is, is football safe? Do you think football is safe? NFL, have you ever watched a football game? No, man. Is that safe? And I love football. No, it's not safe. I the love safe the big thing, hits. If a doctor has uh, authentic integrity and he's advising the people who decide to play football, he'll say, I think we should do away with the sport. All I'm saying is... I don't disagree. If that's their take, then I don't disagree with it. But 
anything short of that is just a joke. What are, they, what are they even suggesting the solution is? They have absolutely no solution. They're saying 110 out of 111 people that we surveyed or did research on had signs of having prior concussions. Now, what do you do with that? I think you're mistaking my argument a little bit. I think if you play in the NFL, it should be as violent as it is now, if not ten when it what it was ten years ago. But you should know the consequences and you if you're in the NFL, you should sign a waiver that says, I know what I'm getting myself into. So right? You, okay. And um but you know, kids should have the knowledge of Do so you what have a newborn term you have a, a two month old son now. You do. Four weeks, one month. Oh, one month. I'm sorry. Have you and your wife talked about if he wants to play football? No. What, no. What, what will happen if he wants to play football? Will you allow him? I flag football until he's in high school. He could be good at football. Flag football your brother was good at football. Flag football until he's and in high school. And even then, to me, that's like, I think, high school. Do so you think that early. he's going to, uh, prior to his high school years, you think he'll avoid concussions because you don't allow him to play? Um. Yeah, your brain's, your brain's growing, man, all the time. Okay. Okay. I think it grows until you're 25. So obviously, would you admit that it would be safer to say no football ever? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, but what? So what you're I telling what you're me? Saying though, I don't want my kid to be soft. I mean, I still want him to. My thing is to this, do it, stuff. Yeah. You know, outside all the time and learn how to box or. I think you know, I honestly, th- I think you don't conc- spar at a young age. A lot of people do. Yeah. If you're going to be a pro fighter, but. Yeah. Honestly, I think this isn't the most exciting subject because nothing's okay, going to be done from it because the NFL uh, dumps all this money into making their public image look good. That's what they're doing it for. Yeah. They want people to say, look, I, we have this new study, this Will NFL. Smith movie. What? I'm not going to stop watching the NFL. Okay. I hope they, they, don't, they don't shut the NFL down. No, I would never. I think. Well, anything short of that, the, the entire in study the NFL, and everything like that is an absolute joke yeah, in my eyes. You know what you're doing. You, you should know what you're getting yourself into, right? Certainly. Absolutely. Yes. Outside of the CTE study, anything else to be excited about for the upcoming NFL season? Or what about college football? I'm excited about both, man. The schedules have been released for Louisville and Kentucky. Is Is there any intrigue right now? Obviously, Lamar Jackson coming off his Heisman campaign. It's a shoe in He will win the Heisman again. What do you think the odds are that he does? Probably not very good. I would say... In What's pers- going to slow him down? Just the, an offensive line? The spotlight, yeah. The offensive He had a pretty bad offensive line last year. He's still going to rush for so many yards. I think, he'll, I think he has a, a solid chance. Of winning it again? His numbers are so far ahead of some of these other players. I mean, somebody else is really going to have to load up some stats. Or Louisville's going to have to have a really bad record. For him not to win it, I mean, I know back to back they all they don't like to do that. Does that tug but at your his, heartstrings, being that it's Archie Griffin, a, a, a former Buckeye? I don't care that much. It's meant to be, you know, broken. But his numbers are so far ahead of other players, and if you're going by stats, and we did break it down you know, a couple a weeks team. ago when we had a caller suggest Deshaun Watson should have won it. Well, Deshaun Watson actually played a couple more games. Then, then. Yeah, and don't vote before the bowl games then, you know? Okay. Based on what they had to go on. Louisville has to have a somewhat respectable season in order for him to get even consideration so. for... I think nine wins or more. Okay. 
Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We have our man Marcus is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Marcus? Well, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. It's good to hear you guys on the radio this morning. Thank you. Actually, I, uh, I had called in to talk about something else, but, of course, I listened to the show, and right there at the end when you're talking about football and UofL football, uh, if you're going to say that, you know, Lamar has to have a, a respectable season to get consideration for the Heisman, if nine wins is a respectable season for Louisville with the schedule they play, you know, I'm going to buy a skunk for a pet. I mean, if Louisville doesn't win ten games, they've got a serious problem, and they need to look into replacing, I don't know, the players, the coaching staff, the athletic director, and everybody else. So you're, you're saying Louisville should win at least ten of their 12 games this year? Yes, I, I would expect Louisville to be favored by at least five and a half in every game except the Florida State game. Uh, they got Clemson at home. Clemson didn't just lose to Sean Watson. They lost a lot of their offensive playmakers. Uh, I, you know, this is the year, as far as I'm concerned, for Bobby Petrino to say, hey, guess what? We are a legit top 25 powerhouse program. You know, everybody loses a bowl game here and there. I'm not too worried about last year. Uh, I, I think Bobby Petrino's a great coach. Uh, I thought he was a good hire, but this is the year the schedule lines up for Louisville to go 11-1. and And so, you know, I know they're in the same division as Florida State, so you basically are going to be rooting for Florida State to lose two games so that you can get into the ACC championship game. But anything less than 10 wins for Louisville this year has to be major disappointment. I won't disagree with that, Marcus. You have the returning Heisman Trophy winner. They've lost so much, though, don't you? They, they've think? certainly I mean, lost a lot on the offensive line. Um, ten wins defense. would be a good year, in my opinion. Would I think ten wins? I'd be very happy as a Louisville fan who considers myself to be uh, realistic to a degree. I think ten wins would be. I'd be very happy with that. I don't anticipate. I mean, looking up and down the schedule, Marcus. You're right. They play at Florida State. That's difficult. I hate to admit it. November 25th at the University of Kentucky. That's not going to be a walk in the park. What do you think, Marcus? <laughs> they still play football at Kentucky? They do. And, and, and Stoops actually, actually, they had a good season last year. They have a lot of returning players. I think Kentucky's going to have a, 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 I'll say, a surprising, possibly, potentially a exceed a 500 record this upcoming year. And that's huge considering their 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 difficulty of schedule year in, year out. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I thought we were talking about Kentucky in the same context as Louisville. If you're going to tell me that a, a successful major step forward season at UK is seven wins, I, you know, I don't, that, that means nothing to me. Good for them, I guess, you know, if you stink, you stink. There's nothing to be done about it. Okay, well, uh, going over 500 in the SEC is not uh, an easy task. I know you're a fan of the University of Southern California, so your standards when it comes to college football. You and Steve, Steve's an Ohio State fan, so I'll say you guys are what I would consider to be college football snobs. That's okay. You guys are who you are. Well, hey, hey Sam Darnold's winning the Heisman Trophy, by the way. Okay. And, uh, you know, the New York Jets have basically written off their entire season yeah. in order to get Sam Darnold. <laughs> So, that puts a lot of uh, pressure and expectations on Southern Cal that they haven't had for a few years. But, uh, 
you know, that's fine. If you want to play with the big dogs, eventually you got to show up and play with the big dogs and stop losing three or four games a season, you know. So, I, anyway, I didn't mean to call it about college football. I just wanted to, to mention that, you know, nine wins for Louisville this year is a big disappointment. Uh, um, LeVar Ball is garbage. Uh, he's, a human, he's a human wad of trash that needs to be thrown out on the side of the road. Mark, do you honestly think LeVar Ball is a bad person, though? I don't think he's a bad person. Is that what I don't know if he's a bad person or not. I never met him. Okay. But the public persona he projects mm-hmm. is is trash. Garbage. Mark, Something that needs to be wadded it up and thrown out of the sports bandwagon. The only reason this cracker jackass... And yes, I use the word cracker what? in relation to a black guy. Is getting any play at all is because three of the major sports are not playing right now. Okay. I can get this, behind this that. This guy is a footnote on the bottom of the sports page almost every other but month of not. the year. But he's not, though. He's not a footnote. You're saying people care yeah. about him? They do. They care about him, and it's somewhat, to a degree, a joke that they do care about him. But as always, Marcus, we appreciate your input on everything in the world of sports. Marcus, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. All right, take care, guys. All right, good stuff there from our man Marcus. Yeah. Before he said cracker jackass, I was going to ask him how many, how many games he expects USC to win. Oh, okay. Do they have those same expectations? Even more, right? I bet they lose a couple games. I just got a text from our man Alex Hacker saying he thinks Kentucky will win nine games in football this I can year. See that. Nine games yeah. is a lot. Have you looked at their schedule? Yeah, it looks – in my eyes, I know it's the SEC still, but I think it looks pretty solid. If they win nine as games, in, that would be as amazing. As in a good schedule. You don't play Alabama or LSU, right? No. I mean, that's – They play at South awesome. Carolina – Florida is going to be tough. At Mississippi State. For all those other games. At Vanderbilt, at Georgia. Those are the road games. Those are the road games. I think they're going to have a very good schedule. I mean, uh, record. They have five road games, four of them coming in the SEC. They have to win one. They have to win all their home games and win one of those road games in order to go nine and three. And who knows, that UK-UofL game, that could be, uh, you know, even spread. At yeah. the time, if, if one's hot and the other's not. You can almost throw out the records when it comes to a rivalry game, especially... What's that? It's so cliche, right? That is very cliche. That is. But it's it's certainly true, especially when you consider right now... I mean, let's look at the rankings. According to Scout.com, University of Kentucky has the 17th-ranked recruiting class for 2018. L has 35. So what a lot of people don't realize is Louisville has more exciting skill position players, things like that. Kentucky is bringing in just as much or possibly more talent than the oh, University yeah. of Louisville. Probably, year in, year probably out. Probably more talent. It's been that way for years. So they have a lot of talent. It's not It's not like Louisville's blowing them out of the water in recruiting. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Hey! 
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick. As always, coming at you every Sunday morning from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. I am joined in studio by a few Muay Thai practitioners, I'll say. We have Rock Cruz, we have Brittany Thompson, and we have Kayla Knight. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing good. How are you? Doing fine, Kelly. Doing great. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, Rock, you have been in the studio with us a few times over the years. I think it's actually been a couple years since you have been in or on the show with us. So we appreciate you coming back in uh, and talking to us. Before we jump into the specifics of the reason we've, we have you guys in with us, I'm going to have Rock. I'll have you introduce yourself to us. I know that our interview this morning is not specifically about you, but for the sake of our listeners, I want them to know who you are what you do, and the significance of it, if you could. You're a Muay Thai coach. What does that mean? Well, uh, basically, it's um, Muay Thai is uh, um, it's called the art of eight limbs. We have your punching, your elbows, your knees, and your kicks. And I've um, uh, been doing it for a long time um, under Arjun Chai, Grandmaster Chai, out of World Thai Boxing Association. Um, it's a great sport. It's great for self-defense. Um like I said, I've been doing it for quite a while, and I, I was also in the MMA world too. But I've decided to pull back from there a little bit and I, get back to my roots. I did notice, I don't know, four or five years ago. I, every time I went to an MMA event, yes, you would be cornering. I remember some events where you would be cornering, like over half the. I'm maybe exaggerating, but it seemed like half or more than half of the the fights you would be in somebody's corner. Yeah. Yeah, for the entire event. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, I've trained a lot of people here in Louisville. Um, like I said, I was in, into the MMA, and now I'm, I'm trying to get back into my roots, Okay, which is Muay Thai and boxing. So I've... Uh, so w- what is your title as a Muay Thai coach? I'm just a uh, crew. Okay, what does that mean? That means uh, that I'm, uh, I'm certified under Grandmaster Chai. Okay. Yeah, that's all. It's almost, A crew is almost like, oh, how can I say it? It's almost like a black belt, like in Taekwondo. Okay. Something like that. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's what that is. Okay. I know you, I, I know, and I can tell through talking to you, you don't want to talk about yourself, but I wanted our listeners to know how many crews are in the state of Kentucky? Uh, I believe it's just me. Oh, in the state of Kentucky? Yes. Oh, well, we've got me. I've got uh, Scott Elliott. Uh, okay. AFS Academy. Richmond. Uh, Richmond, Kentucky. Yes. Good friend of mine. A great instructor. Um, you have Eric Haycraft. Okay. Okay. Um, he teaches uh, Dutch Muay Thai. Uh, I'm trying to think who else would be a crew in the state. So, of so there Kentucky. may be some others, but there may be some others. It may just be a few. Ones, yeah, those are the only ones I know. I know in Indiana we have uh, uh, R. John Westfall. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Our, our location is obviously here in Jeffersonville, yeah. Indiana. So. Now, me and Scott Elliott, we're under the same banner. We're with the World Thai Boxing Association. So our grandmaster, Chai, is we're both under him. Okay. And he's above me. Uh, Scott is. He's a full instructor. Okay. Yeah. All right, moving right along. I, I, I did want to read our man Lance Lawrence. Actually, just sent me a message and wanted me to introduce our guests as Brittany. And her full name, according to Lance, is Brittany Thunder Throws Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Not, not quite, but good enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then uh, Babyface, Kayla Babyface. Yes, that's that's right Night. on point. Okay. Yeah. She looks like she's 12, doesn't she? She does, yeah. yes. How, how Kayla, how, how old are you? 
21. 21, okay. And Brittany, how old are you? I'm 22. Okay, and at what age did you get into martial arts, each of you? Yeah, Brit, we'll start with Brittany. At what age did you, you begin martial arts? I was 20 whenever I started. Okay, and you started with, with uh, Rock right out of the gate? I started at Area 502. I was in MMA, and then I moved to Rock because I went to just stand up to focus on that for now. Okay. And we will continue with Brittany right now. Brittany, you have a your debut Muay Thai fight coming up August 4th in Kansas City. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. What, what do we have to look forward to specifically with that fight? Um, and how, uh, how have you went about preparing for that different than what you had done previous with your MMA, specifically MMA training? Well, um, I'm debuting fighting against a six and two fighter. Okay, wow. Well, she's six and two in MMA. Okay. Um, so I'm really excited for the chance to fight someone with some experience and um, to prepare. We've been doing a lot of conditioning, a lot of running hills. Rock is very old school with his training, and we do a lot of hills, and we train in like a 100-degree gym, flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers and things. I see that. I know uh, Rock and started to bounce around, but you, you have your Instagram account, which is very entertaining. Do you know off the top of your head what your Instagram account name is? Uh, we can bring it up. Some, somebody yeah, will bring, bring it up. It up. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it is very telling. You guys spend a lot of time at Joe Creason Park yes. running hills, um, and then also actually at your gym, uh, just very old school looking approach to yes. training. Yeah, I got the uh, running the hills from, um, oh my goodness, um, you, Abdul, uh, um, Abdul Jarvis. Okay. Way back in the day. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> I used to do some training with him and his fighters, and uh, he's the one that turned me on to the hill running. That okay. Was a long, long time so, ago. So, so Brittany, what, what is Muay Thai? How do you specifically, it's punching and kicking. Is it that simple? No. Okay. It's uh, knees and elbows, too. Um, punching and kicking, that's, that's just straight kickboxing. Okay. When you add the knees and elbows, it can be really a lot more devastating. Knees are like the most dangerous attack in the sport. Um, also, Rock's Instagram is Team Cruise Thai Boxing Academy. Te- Team Cruise Thai Boxing Academy. I find it to be very entertaining. You'll see whether it be uh, you know Gunny, who I think is a character yeah. I, I trained with him for a while, <laughs> and Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky under Professor Scott Smith. Yes, Gunny's yes. now training with you guys. Obviously, Lance Lawrence. I mean, they, you you guys seem to um, when it comes to Muay Thai. In my from my perspective, you seem to be the go-to guy in the entire city. Well, I mean, like I said before, um, I'm more based from a traditional type of because uh, my grandmaster is very traditional. Okay. But uh, when it comes to Muay Thai, yeah, it would be either me or Eric Haycraft. Okay. And he does the Dutch Muay Thai, which I love also. Okay. Which is more of a boxing base. So. Okay. Kayla, you have a, a fight coming up October 6th in Kansas City. Why, why are all these fights in Kansas City? What is in Kansas City in relation to Muay Thai? Kentucky doesn't really promote Muay Thai. Okay. And there's a lot of MMA rather than Thai. Okay. So so Missouri, they, they have more of a, an emphasis as a state and specifically, I guess, yeah, Kansas yeah. There's City. more, uh, there's more opportunity out there for what we want to do. Okay, and Kayla, th- this is not your debut fight, is it? No. Okay. What well, What's your record thus far? Two and zero. Oh. Two and zero. Oh. Okay. When was your When was your most recent fight? 
and ha- and also my question would be we don't I guess we don't need the exact date how, how is a, a is it could you win by decision knockout I mean is it similar to to rules that we're familiar with when it comes to MMA Yes you can win by knockout or um, TKO Okay decision Yeah there's no ground and pound Okay. In, 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 in this world, it's all standing so it's like, up. It's like, a, it's like boxing, but you can knee, yes. elbow, and kick. Yeah. The only thing is now they're fighting amateurs, so you can't elbow. Okay. Okay. Now, there's certain promotions out there, like the World Thai Boxing Association has certain promotions that they hold yearly, where uh, a lot of the amateur uh, events now are turning towards elbows, but you have to wear the headgear and the, uh, and the elbow pad. What they're doing is there's no headgear, no shin guards. It's okay. like an MMA amateur fight. Only thing is, we're not going to the ground. Okay. There is clinch work, which is another important uh, aspect of, of Muay Thai. And it's almost like if you, you're an MMA guy, so you'll relate to this. It's almost like up against the cage, mm-hmm. that type of thing. You know, work pummeling in. Well, clinch work is sort of like that. Okay. And from there, you can throw your elbows, but they can't throw elbows, but you can throw your knees in the amateur world. In the professional world, from there, you can throw your elbows and your knees and so on and so forth. Okay. And we had asked Brittany when you were introduced into martial arts. Kayla, when did you start uh, training uh, specifically in any, any form, I guess, of martial arts? When I was 18. Okay. And you are now, Brittany, Brittany you're, or I'm sorry, Kayla, you're 21, right? Yes, how, sir. How, how old are you, Brittany? I'm 22. Okay. So you guys are right. right. Young ones. You're very young. Almost 23. August okay. 10th. Okay. <laughs> so, Kayla, you started at 18. Is, has it always been... Uh, Muay Thai, or have you done any any grappling or any other type of, of uh, uh, training? Well, I had started out in an MMA gym, and that's where I had found Rock as a stand-up coach. Also at Area 502? Yes, sir. Okay. And then I had leaned more towards stand-up rather than the grappling and the jiu-jitsu. It's more up speed for me. Mm-hmm. I like moving a lot. So I started training with Rock after about a year into training. And kind of left the ground world alone. So h- how many days a week are you devoting to, to your training? Six days a week most of the time. For both of you? Kayla also? Yes. Okay. Wow. And does that mean uh, that you're at the gym six days a week? Yes, sir. Wow. Four okay. hours at a time most of the time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and Rock, are you there with them for yes. most of this? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm there all the time. The whole um, time. The whole time. I don't have... Uh, I sort of like switched up a little bit. I don't have a um, a class per se. What we do is uh, we have a training session. Okay. Okay. And uh, and so we train out of Throwdown Boxing Club. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so uh, which is run by Steve Bailey, and uh, and he does the same thing. We have sort of like a training session. There is no specific class. You'll go in there if you're a beginner and you just want like um, just to protect yourself then. I have you do certain things. There's certain people that go in there and want self-defense, a little bit of maybe Wing Chun, some Silat, you know what I mean, some Kali. I get into, I dabble into that too. So uh, it's just a, a place where you know different people come for different things. Now, if you come in as a fighter, then yes, and then you you got to go through the grind. Okay, obviously it's a you you run a business, and it's not specifically. And correct me if I'm wrong, Rock. You you, you run a business, right? So yes. what if somebody walks in off the street and says, I want to learn Muay Thai? Okay, well. Um, and I'm not going to compete. I'm, maybe right. I'm 50 years old. Right, right. So that's fine. And uh, I'll ask them questions about, you know, 
what have they done, uh, you know, and you can tell by the way a person looks and, you know, if they're in shape or not. And then, you know, I may come, uh, have them come in and uh, uh, for a class and just to evaluate where they're at. And then here's the, the unique thing about what I do, I think, is that I train everybody the same. Whether you're going to fight or not, it doesn't matter. You're still going to train like you're a fighter, okay? Now, whether you want to fight, that's fine. If you don't want to fight, that's fine too. But everybody learns the same stuff. So I think it's a, a little unique to do that. You know, okay. everybody learns how to throw knees. Everybody learns how to throw elbows, how to throw kicks, how to, you know, distance the range, how to, you know, do certain things, you know. And now if a person comes off the street and they just want to, they don't want to fight, they don't want to compete, then it's more of a, the basis is Muay Thai, which okay. is the punching, kicking elbows, okay, knees. Then from there, we try to, um, 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 we try to fix it so that, it's more of a street type of thing mm -hmm. versus a ring type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, so that's what we try to do. Um, and I don't know, this is a naive question, but very popular these days is cardio kickboxing or uh, clubs like that. I don't yes. know, Nine Round or whatever the, the names yes. of those places are. Anybody, any of you three can chime in. Um, is there any legitimacy to any of those type of clubs whatsoever, or do they absolutely disgust you? Uh, let me chime in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, there, there is legitimacy because you have to understand uh, not everybody can do certain things. Okay. And the club like that benefits the, society, uh, the, the community because some people just want to do cardio kickboxing. They just okay. want to get in shape, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Not everybody can fight. Not everybody can coach. Not everybody can bench press 400 pounds. You follow what I'm saying? Sure. So there's always room for, for growth in whatever area that there is. So, no, it's, it doesn't disgust me. I, I'm hoping that it's there's more 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 uh, clubs like that to get people more in shape. Okay. Okay. That's a good answer. I mean, difficult to argue with that. You would, you would obviously recommend somebody who's – capable of actually learning the correct form of Muay Thai and things like that to learn the correct way so they can defend themselves. Yes. But there are exceptions, and if somebody wants to use that as a uh, way to uh, exercise and stay in shape, yes. you know, no, no harm, no foul, no, no, no reason to hate on them. Exactly, no harm, no foul. Okay. Yeah. As long as people are defending themselves, especially in this time, you know what I mean? If they want to do it that way, that's fine. They want to come to me and, and learn more. But do you think that actually helps them to defend themselves? Uh, well, I, I don't know if it helps them to defend themselves, but anytime you're getting taught how to punch, you know what I mean? Practicing it's, it's punching. Practicing punching. Repetition, even if it's poor form. Yeah. Now, it may not defend them per se. Okay. You follow what I'm saying? But I don't think they're going in there for defense. You correct me if I'm wrong. I think most of the people are going in there just to get in shape. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now, if they want to learn, if they want to really learn, then they need to go to some of the areas, mm -hmm. you know, some of the MMA schools, my school, whatever the case may be, you know what I mean, that actually train fighters and, 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 and teach people self-defense. Okay. Um, just a, a little background. I'm Kelly Patrick. I, I train under Professor Scott Smith at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky. I have absolutely no stand-up training whatsoever history. Okay, so I'm... Na very naive when it comes to this. Um, I'll ask you, Rock, to dissect each of the fighters we have with us and discuss um, what specific progression they, they had at the beginning and what they're working on going into their next fights, if you could, please. Okay, we're going to start with Brittany first since she's fighting uh, right away. Um, 
with Brittany, the progression was from when she first came to me it went at my place. Okay. Um, um, but her, her form, her technique wasn't right per se. Okay. So uh, what happened was we had to fix that. Okay. And that took time to fix. Okay. Can, can I interject real quick? Yes. Brittany, did you learn form somewhere else? Um, I had dabbled in it. Okay. I had went to a few what I would call like a cardio kickboxing. Okay. So in in that you normally don't have the right they don't put emphasis on things as keeping your hands up when you throw a one and a two. They don't emphasize those things, so that really hurts you whenever you are actually trying to be serious about it because okay. muscle memory Goes a long way. Okay. So, so Rock, Brittany had um, certain habits she had formed through the cardio kickboxing, and you had to maybe completely break all that down and start from scratch. Well, I mean, I started with Brittany at Area 502, and then when I, when I, when I decided to, to just stay at my place, she decided to come over. And so, therefore, uh, see if I can explain this. When she came to me, she had certain bad habits that had to be fixed. One of those bad habits was keeping her hands up. Another bad habit she had was keeping her head center when she threw punches. Her head would stay center. So eventually what I had to do was make sure that her hands were up, uh, make sure that when she threw the right hand, especially the right hand, her head was off center, work on her punching skills. Okay. Okay. And this was a couple years ago? This, yeah, a couple okay. years ago. And as she's progressed, okay, um, she's gotten better as far as her movement's concerned. Okay, she's gotten better with her sparring. She's gotten better with her with her head movement, and of course, she has power. Brittany has is power, um, and she's real strong. She hits hard. Okay, so that was the progression for Brittany, and then of course to build her confidence, and 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 the way we do that is through training and through offensive defensive drills and through sparring. Okay, and so her confidence is getting she her confidence has gained, and she's. Um, Right now, she's ready, okay? But that's what we had to do with Brittany because um, there were certain things that uh, Brittany's not, her footwork's gotten better, so she's not flat-footed. She was real flat-footed. So she's progressed to the point where she's ready to fight August 4th. Okay. All right, so moving right along. Similar theme with Kayla. Kayla, obviously, in a different boat. She's 2-0. and um, yes. When she came to you and started, how, how long ago was it that she started training specifically with you? Uh, close to two years, I think. Okay. So similar. Like similar. Sa same with Brittany. Okay. Yeah, so at together. the beginning of her Muay Thai uh, career, or, or when she began to train Muay Thai, um, what exact obstacles did you have specific to Kayla? Okay. Well, Kayla's a different fighter than Brittany. Brittany's more of an in-your-face fighter. Okay. Okay. Kayla's more of a finesse Technical fighter, uh, very fast with her hands, very good with her footwork. Uh, and Kayla comes from a background where she did sports in high school, okay? So um, she picks up fast, okay? Where most people take time to, to, to learn certain things, Kayla picks up things real fast, okay? And with Kayla, it was the same thing, uh, you know, keep the hands up and, and, and movement, and uh, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kayla, and you too, Brittany, but I think for Kayla, uh, as we continue to train uh, consistently um, and, and do the same things over and over and over again, I think one day it clicked for you, didn't it? 
Uh, Absolutely. I think it was what in sparring or was it in? Uh, um, I think it was in sparring. I don't know what it was, but it clicked for her. And 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 the things that I was showing her, like the things I showed Brittany, she started to do those things in sparring. Okay, and you know you can do drills all day long, all day long. Okay, if you can't apply what you're learning, mm-hmm. it's 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 almost useless. So. What happens is we do drills, 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 and then how do we know that they're working when we do offensive, defensive drills and when we spar, mm-hmm. okay? Then I can see and say, huh, those things work. And then the fighters can come to me and say, hey, that works. You- and, and the more that works, the more confidence they have. You see it? And that's how it builds. Do you feel specific martial arts possibly focus more on – just training and developing the, the habits without actually doing the sparring? Or is that prevalent also in Muay Thai? Or is it specific to certain gyms where you, you have to have a balance? You have to learn the technique and then apply it in real-time sparring? Or is it uh, an individual basis for, for everyone? I, I, th- I don't know about the different schools. Uh, most of the schools do sparring nowadays. Uh, and I, when I mean sparring, I mean, you know, you have different types of sparring. You, you may go hard. You have the uh, light spar and that type of thing. But, yeah, I, I think that most schools, uh, and I could be wrong, um, uh, incorporate some type of uh, sparring, whether it be flow sparring, something. You know what I mean? So the, so the fighter can actually work on what they've learned. And the most important thing for me, I think it's, it's a muscle memory, is, is to go over things. Oh, and I know a lot of fighters don't like it, but we got to go over things over and over and over and over again. So when the referee says, are you ready? And are you ready? Go. Your muscle memory takes over. There's no, as soon as the first punch is thrown, you already know what to do because you, you, you've done it over and over and over for so long. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So, and there's certain things that they, that I do with them. Like, uh, like I said, Brittany's a different fighter than Kayla. So there's certain techniques that Brittany does in, in sparring now and, and she'll do in the fight when she knocks the girl out um, um, that that is for her there's certain things for Kayla you see what I'm saying there's certain things for so and so and so and so you can't you can't put everybody in a box per se you have to let them develop themselves and express themselves because martial arts is really expression fighting is expression so I can't deal with them the same you understand what i'm saying sure it's got to be each one has their own pluses and minuses and that's how you let your fighters grow each one grows separately what is the end game for someone with a muay thai career a uh professional a uh, professional career where you make money from it yes okay yeah. it's not like anything else yeah you make money you make like money. alex hacker is going to be fighting for glory yeah alex will alex will uh alex will will make money Okay. Okay. I don't know how much it is, uh-huh. but yeah, he'll make money in Glory. Glory's another great uh, spot. Okay. Uh, you say another great spot. What's what, the, what, what I mean is it's another avenue for stand-up fighters to go to. There's no elbows or knees, though. Uh, there is knees in okay. Glory, but you can only knee like you. I think you have like five seconds to knee, and then they break you up. There's no elbows. But if you look at the, if you look at the top, the, a lot of guys that are fighting in Glory are coming from Muay Thai. So you've got really good stand-up guys in glory. And you also have good stand-up guys in the Bellator uh, kickboxing. That's and, right. And that's, that, yeah, that's, that's pretty another, new. Yeah, and then the, there's a lot of women in both. And then you have the Lion, which is all out in California. That's all Muay Thai. So it's, it's you know what I mean? 
this the Muay Thai is starting and the kickboxing is starting to pick up really really well. Uh, you would think um, with, for example, Eddie, the Eddie Bravo Invitational and the grappling tournaments that are trying to get specific to that art, not MMA, but trying to grow that. Um, in my opinion, that the hole in that is that maybe it's not real exciting necessarily to watch. Unless you train jiu-jitsu, right. you're not really going to get into it. But you would think the ceiling would be a little higher, and this is no shot at jiu-jitsu, um, for Muay Thai or kickboxing because it, you at least get knockouts and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, do you see that progressing in, in future years, in the, in the near future, to where someone could create a career from that? And, and maybe I'm just naive, and I, I am. But is there many people who do already earn a, a great career? Where do you have to go? Do you have to go overseas for that? Are you, are you talking about the Muay Thai or are you talking about? Muay Thai. Muay Thai, Muay Thai yes. There's yeah. a lot of Muay Thai fighters. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of you guys have any favorite uh, professional fighters? Joanna Drzecki. Oh, okay. Well, she's yeah. uh, she's, she's MMA, but yeah. she came from Muoy Thai. Thai. Okay, yeah. so uh, that that would be the way to make the most money. If I'm looking at that, this from a fiscal perspective, you know, at the end of the day, how are you going to make money from this? Would the transfer of those skills into the MMA uh, arena would that be how to how to capitalize the most on it? That's one way to go at it. Uh, another way is just to become a Muay Thai champion because they make money too. Because you got to remember, especially as females, they have sponsorship, okay. so they'll get a lot. Of, they're pr- both pretty girls, so they'll get a lot of sponsorship that way if they decide to stay in the Muay Thai world. You, you understand? What I'm sure. Um, and you can do seminars. You yeah, can you can run your own exactly. different stuff like and that. And if you notice the progression from 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 the MMA world, a lot of the women especially, a lot of women that are coming in into the into the MMA world have a background in either boxing, Muay Thai, or kickboxing, and they're really good at it. Okay. You know what I mean? You can sort of like see how how everything's starting to change in the women's thing because a lot of these women are good stand-up Oh, fighters. sure. It's constantly evolving it, on yes. the men's and the female yeah, side. And yes, yes, because more people are concentrating on a certain thing. And when they're good at that, then they're making that transition. We obviously saw Cyborg yes. um, with the big win last night. She's now the champion. So we'll have to wait and see. With the At some point, somebody's going to knock her off. I don't know how long that'll be. Right. Yeah. That may be five or ten years from now. <laughs> yeah, she's really good. I think she wants to fight Holly Holmes next, yeah. which will be an excellent fight. So that's that's – you're not naive at all. You know, like Kayla said, there's not much going on here in Muay Thai, so we have to travel. Mm-hmm. I got to get their names out there, and that's what we do. That's a good promotion out there in Kansas City. Um, uh, um, I, I like uh, Ben, great guy. Um, he, he treats us well, you know what I mean? And there's eyes out there, and so that's why I bring him out there. I've always been that way. Even back in the day, mm-hmm. way back in the day, we used to fight always in Warsaw, Indiana, you know, when I had Ben and all the rest of them, and, mm-hmm. you know, we Ferguson's. Are, we're up against the end of the show. I appreciate you guys coming in. Do you have. Uh, Rock's Instagram again, Brittany? Yeah, it's Team Cruise Muay Thai School. I think that's a great way to uh, monitor and follow. I, I find it very entertaining. Once again, I'm Kelly Patrick along, alongside Rock Cruise. We have Brittany Thompson, Kayla Knight. Thank you very much for coming in with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next Sunday from 9 to 11 for more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.